Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's funny because this is like an LSU character who's clearly from Old Miss. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's an like, Old Miss character. It's like Charleston, Louisiana. <laughs> That's, his no, like... That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. Charleston, Louisiana. <laughs> well, he found, he well found the in the people. world is Charleston, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey's Spacey's like, I thought you that learned, was a bit much. You learn nothing but Mid-South geography. He's <laughs> in your pantry eating cheddar straws right now. <laughs> in a hat <laughs> exactly the size of <laughs> Miss San Diego's. <laughs> I just love that Huey Long was like, can, can you can you boys put the taga in a little glass case for me? And wheel them around so they see we ain't fucking around down here. <laughs> Huey! He'll be hot in there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you put that tiger in a box. You eat put him in a box. Sickest mixtape. He'll run He's away. Gonna hear this. Then we'll have to buy another tiger. <laughs> we can get another tiger. Put it in a fucking box. I'll need the band out to myself. What if the tiger gets warm? <laughs> Let him sweaty from the jungle. <laughs> I saw him wearing a sweater. He'll be fine. <laughs> Coming along, the environmentalists are complaining about the tiger box. Send them three cases of whiskey and three shotgun shells. Tell them to choose one or fuck off. I run this bitch. Welcome 
to the Shutdown Fullcast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. Uh, I'm going to do this, by the way, setting a timer right now, setting the stopwatch. I am going to introduce everyone on this podcast in go. not two minutes, but in one minute starting <laughs> now. Joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, Ryan Nanny, how are we doing? I have a quick question. No, you don't. Right. And no. all, now, <laughs> from now. Ryan, what's your question? In, in, moving in yeah. order. We have Jason Kirk. Jason Kirk, say hi. How are we doing? Ryan, I have a He's great. question. Across the table from me up on your is question, Holly but I'm going to hear it first. How are we doing? Hang on one second. I need to hear Ryan's question. That's fine. Really, I introduced I everybody, including our producer, Michael Serber. Michael Serber <laughs> yeah. is hang joining on, us. Serber, hang hang on, time something, Sir, Serber, I've introduced hang on, everyone hang on, on this podcast this, in this doesn't count 35 until, seconds. Until Serber acknowledges he has been introduced. Horseshit. Parliamentarianism. Something, we are something in your microphone, Jason. I think just do this. Acknowledge transmission. No, do yeah. this. Oh, Spencer, all of the comments unfortunately, about this show are going to talk about how Holly's talking this. all over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're going to get. Typical feminist podcast. Can I ask my question now? Uh, is this a place for a robust debate or not? I wish you would. <laughs> not everyone's entitled to a conversation, Ryan. I'm going to ask this question to Jason now. All right. Jason, this is a real question that I've been like kicking around in my head for like at least three days. And I'm not happy to admit this. Wow. Can a dog be Catholic? <laughs> well, when did you baptize it? <laughs> like specifically like specifically Catholic. Not just Christian. Well, right. Not just one of God's children. Catholic. Oh, of course not. Yeah. Did it, mm-hmm. did it choose to be baptized or not? Because some dogs l- jump in the lake on their own and then they're baptized. Well, lots of lots of Catholics don't choose to get baptized. They're you know, it just happens when you're a little bitty thing. Well, I guess it's none of my business. Um I mean, I guess yeah, what you that, need is a dog confirmation. Yeah, at, at a certain age. So, so that age um, calculated for in dog years is like one or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like two. Yeah, Are you saying right. it's too late for my dog to be Catholic? Yeah, mm. your dog needs to needs to uh, be Baptist, unfortunately. But that's that's right, the part of right. the world she hails from. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like because you don't want adult dog converts. They're so weird. You know, like, 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 like dogs who are born Catholic, that's how Catholicism works. You're born Catholic. Like, yeah, they're fine. Like they, they go around, they see a dog who was also born Catholic and they both compete to talk about who goes to church the least and whoever does, they're the coolest dog Catholic. Whereas like a dog who's two and converts to Catholicism, they're the types who are going to get online and say like, we need to do another crusade and all the other dog Catholics are wrong because of this rule from the year 900 and Yeah. Or is it possible that there are different sacraments for it? Like, if we're saying that the basic split here is between, like, faith and acts, I don't know what a dog's faith is. So I couldn't tell you, like, oh, this this dog is not Presbyterian or Methodist or Baptist or whatever, right? Right. I think dogs with no object permanence are actually cut out really well for mm-hmm. a faith-based religion, you mm-hmm. know? Because it's like, yeah. I le- we, we leave our house and our dogs are like... My whole life like, is faith. I believe dogs. we'll come back. Right. A lot of dogs really start out Presbyterian, if you think about it. How so? But like that's their baseline. Can you expand mm. on that? Well, they're Scottish. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. There's <laughs> Scottish terriers. <laughs> Scottish terriers are all Calvinists. It's true. Yeah. Um, um, no, but feel, they uh, so, listen. They rule. Listen, I'm talking about like I'm thinking about pack hierarchy specifically, right? Yeah. That's very Presbytery. See. I yeah. think. Um, but like 
Is there dog confession? I are think there, small I, you know? dogs. Small yeah. dogs are Presbyterian, right? When uh-huh. you when you roll up on a small dog, it's like I you you have always been bad. I've decided it. You were born bad. You're going <laughs> to die bad. There's nothing you can do about it unless you've been chosen to not be bad, right? Whereas big dogs are all universalists. Big dogs don't care. They're not threatened by anything. Hey, what's right. up, man? You're cool. Right. Can't wait to go to heaven with you. Whatever you believe, I don't care. I'm a big dog. So let me just take this back to um, this is intertwined with the theological issue of dogs being recognized as having souls or not. Yeah. Uh, the Kirk the Kirk Ferentz of the contemporary Catholic Church, and by contemporary I mean like the last 300 years because right. they got a history, <laughs> um, is Pope Pius IX, who ruled forever in the 19th century and insisted that dogs had no souls. Like, this is what this dude had to do as a job. He sure. would roll into the office, get himself some espresso, and be like, dogs have no souls. Right. My work is done. He'd be a fantastic pope. I'm, yeah. and, and not just that, but That'd like, great. surely spent two years like, oh, I got, I got, a, I got another expense <sighs> report. Sorry. I need a conclave. Hold on. I need a conclave. Can you get everyone here for an, for an entire summer? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Soul, I'm, on the phone, I'm on the phone with heaven. Okay. God, yeah. I'm going to kill this dog right now. You let me know if yeah. he shows up. Let me know if he shows up. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing? <laughs> Still? Hang on. I'll call back tomorrow. Let me check with Satan. Nothing you there see, either. You say, no? you, say, no? you say he's buffering still? <laughs> mm. Clearly working off some sins. Probably owes me money for those sins. I would See, if I were Pope, I'd go even further, and I'd say, it's only parakeets in heaven. All mm. other pets. God, that's going to suck. But par- oh, it's so squawky and squeaky. And so smelly. smelly. It's smell so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this sucks. It's better oh, yeah. than ferret heaven. God, can you imagine? Oh Jesus! F- ferret heaven. Uh, really? but in heaven, all that all like a fucking playing. bong all day. Yeah. In heaven, all the parakeets sound like Ghostface Killer. That's the even better part. That's pretty cool. You go insane in like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a billion Ghostface Killers singing the praises for all eternity. Damn. <laughs> With really obscure papal shout-outs, right? That is That's like right. the 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 living creatures around the throne that are like eighty-five animals at once. Yep. That is kind of Ghostface's vocabulary, so <laughs> yes. it lines this, up. <laughs> this is from the book of Manicotti. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to heaven. Please proceed to our mixer at the Ghostface Killer Petting Zoo. Yeah, as the prophet Derek said. <laughs> yeah. I, Were I just, you doing a voice just then? Like a slight New York voice. Yeah. Just a little it was, hint. It was okay. We'll he go Action Bronson him. is what that yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Ghostface and Action Bronson just debating for all eternity. <laughs> just saying things like, are cocaine nose holes acceptable? I didn't fear hell reference. when this episode started, and I'm beginning well, that, to. That, mm-hmm. that was a mistake on you, frankly. <laughs> I, um, I didn't say so I didn't anticipate hell. Yeah, so, uh, so this has, so, it, so it, is, theologically, is, is this the has official been stance on. of the is the official stance of the Catholic Church still that dogs don't have souls? No, this started to weaken uh, when I think it was Pope <laughs> Paul the Fourth told a child that they would see their dog again in heaven because obviously you're the Pope and the kid's like, am I going to see and my dog? Of course, that just made died a bunch of people super fucking angry. I and that's a weak pope. Only, that's a only soft my, pope. <laughs> oh, it is a soft pope. Only my priest now, Father Arnold. Back at Franklin Catholic Church, he would have been like St. Phillips would have been like, "No, man, your dog that doesn't exist anymore." Just, yeah. This is He's all better than Calvinism. Would have done that. Yeah, all this is better Calvinism. Calvinism, you're like, is, "Does is my baby brother have a soul?" Yeah, it's going to hell. Right. <laughs> all of this is better than Calvinism. Your baby brother wouldn't have died before being baptized if you didn't want it enough. My my dad, by the oh, way. Oh man, Fox Sports One would have had a field day in these times this, my dad by the way this was like my priest growing up and my dad when i was much older was like oh hey do you remember father arnold and i looked at him and he looked at me and i was like no and father arnold goes no 
even though we damn well remembered each other. I respected him so much for that. Better this way. Yeah. No, I don't remember you. Well, because you weren't swole when he was mean to you. That's right. Now I can can beat his ass. Come on, father. Let's go. So, oh my God, you made the religious sequel to Hot Rod. I did. Till I could beat up my priest. Uh, Hot Rod is quite religious, I think. I think there are all sorts of allegories. Yeah, That's yeah, true. yeah. Oh, but but the current the current thinking has been expanded upon by uh, Pope Francis. Wait, does that who, mean I can base a church on Danny McBride's character in Hot Rod? Because yes, I would. I would, same. Yes. Yeah. That's um, righteous gemstones, I think. Yeah. I mean, there are apostles, right? He needs more green tea. Yeah. It's <laughs> little more green Listen, tea. Listen, it goes to church I've never every seen my personality Sunday. represented on screen before until... Until Danny McBride showed up <laughs> in that movie. So, but Pope Francis expanded upon this in 2014 by saying that the design of salvation would extend to all creation. So that mm-hmm. See, includes... I knew that having a Pope named Frankie was going to make this a more relaxed and comfortable denomination. Well, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's Francis of Assisi's it's Pope sake. Francis. He's, right. he's going right. to be quite friendly toward the dogs, right? right? right. He names himself but after wait, Francis. Wait, 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 he's going to like animals more than he likes people, and he's going to like people a lot. Francis of Assisi, of course, the legend is that he took the, uh, the there's you know a reference to like preach the gospel to the whole world. He took it literally, stood outside and preached to birds. Yeah, so that's that's the namesake here. So even like the weird fish at the bottom of the ocean with like, like lantern jaws and shit. Yeah. We gotta I'm come sorry. to make God sure. made gotta, those we, first, man. If anything, we, you gotta preach to those first. Wait, yeah. those were first. He made the well, creatures of the, the sea water. first. It starts oh. with the water, just just like yeah. evolution, because evolution is <laughs> in Genesis just, one. <laughs> you think they just dropped a gamer? Genesis and God created a gamer, some dude in a chair. Like, Sick. Right, we had to build to the pinnacle of. We of, had to build to the creation. pinnacle of creation. The gamers. Right. right. All of but, our resources but, for millions of years have created. The gamer. Look, I I Why know that Jesus somewhere on on AirPods that fit and never fought out, just nodding and being like, "These guys get it." Yeah, they got it, man. I know Burt Reynolds has already weighed in on this, but is the implication of Pope Francis's statement there that all dogs go to heaven? I think it's that that, that the, the the prospect of salvation will eventually extend to all okay. dogs. Okay, because now see this is I why mean, it's clearer to just say Francis dogs don't have that. souls. Because if I you say dogs clearer. do have souls, you either have to say and they all go to heaven, or some of them don't, and now you have to explain why. You are the one who has to invent the idea of a bad dog, you asshole. <laughs> How about this? There are no souls. There is one mm-hmm. soul, and we are all share elements of it. There is no heaven. There is a, a, a new creation, yeah. right? And dogs are part of it. Vacation this Buddhist the, this is, school. This is the actual story, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would also, there, there is an extension, by the way, a point of controversy in this New York Times article about whether dogs do go to heaven. Oh, an, okay, is, this is uh, the first is, I'm hearing about an article. Is the extension, well, does this extend to other animals? So, for instance, if I eat a yes. pig, yeah. do I later meet that pig that I ate in heaven? And he's like, it's all good. <laughs> Why is the pig Anthony Anderson? What are you doing? <laughs> There's probably a process of atonement. I think, the pig gets, this pig? I think the pig gets to eat part of you, probably. Yeah, take a bite. It's fine. I'm truffled. Also, <laughs> if, uh, if, if Ghostface and, I taste An- like you. If, if Ghostface and Action Bronson are Heaven's rappers, I think Hell's rappers clearly Big Sean. <laughs> yeah, Big Sean and Silk the Shocker, right? Oh, like, God. Oh, yeah. Look, this guy's eight beats behind the beat. <laughs> so far, and falling further for all eternity. <laughs> a few How did times, he get a deal? A few oh. times a day, he's on beat while three hundred thousand bars behind. 
Wait, wait, wait. So if hell is not eternal torment, but instead just the absence of God, does he represent the fall? Are you falling further and further away from God forever? From God's light, yes. With God his is beats? the beat. God, God is yeah. the beat, yeah. Okay. Yeah, at any yeah. time, as C.S. Lewis would say, at any time you can choose to get on beat, this will be difficult for you because you will have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. If you're Big Sean, you will refuse this for all eternity. That's what the Go-Go song, We Got the Beat, is about. We have the love and the yeah. light of Jesus Christ in our lives. Right. Yeah, they so, played that at my Nana's funeral. All the rappers who were lame. All, all... In a minor key or just straight up? Straight up. Oh, it's not a dirge. It's not a dirge. All the main tier, all main tier rappers in hell go. It's Chance, Spencer, ra- Chance the Rapper. Spencer, Chance the Rapper. I want you to know. Oh, that's going to hurt Chance's feelings really bad. I know it will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the like just sat on a pitchfork noise? Yeah, the sat on a pitchfork noise. Yeah. Chance's mom's going to call <laughs> your boss. <laughs> Spencer, what song do you want us to play when we lower you into the grave? Oh, boy. Um, you won't be dead, so make sure it's something you'll enjoy. El Sonadito. <laughs> Annoying to the bitter fucking end. <laughs> and then I want you to stop for a second. And when he says, when you see then you <laughs> don't then keep lowering, right? How deep do you think your grave is? You better make go. Oh, you better put me 18 feet down. We're lowering, we're lowering you into a well. Yeah. It's the only way to be sure. It's the only way to be sure. That's what I'm saying. The echo, the speaker's going down with you, and the echo is resounding up the well. Pouring concrete onto an the hour. coffin. Whoops, right? summoned Cthulhu. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> At least he's down there now. You two get he's, along. He's Spencer's roommate. Oh, no, Spencer's fucking guy. Is there one animal that categorically we can just say, like, none of them go to heaven? None. Mosquitoes. It's going to take mosquitoes a while to get yeah. there. Swans. Mosquitoes Swans. have a lot to work through. Swans don't want to be there. Swans are totally, hell was full, so I couldn't <laughs> die. Yep. That's swans already, so they don't want anything to do with with heaven. Fuck a swan. Maybe swans are like some sort of alien robot. That is the Untitled Goose yeah. Game mod we need. Swans? Hell mode. I, th- I was going to say, I think Swan Game is actually just like Half-Life. It's just yeah. a duck with a gun. Yeah. I think I think Swan uh, Goose Game Hell Mode is the Diablo Cal level. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think swans, mosquitoes, jellyfish. Uh, you know what? Jellyf- Look, jellyfish have real big purgatory vibes. Jellyfish are yeah. angels, according to, spoiler alert, the Jordan Peele movie. Huh. Did y'all not see the latest one? No. No. Okay. Well, that's okay. Man, it's fine. Let me tell you what. That's proof. That's proof that I know. I have the Jordan time. Peele's I can't get mad at you. I have the Final Fantasy jellyfish are angel aliens. Okay. It's a great movie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm with that. That's also Neon Genesis again. Evangelion is real. That is the documentary. The yeah. That's what I want to see the mask Big Ten coaches about. <laughs> <laughs> It's worth it for like, and it's worth sitting through all of the boring answers just to get to the one where like where Kirk Vance uh, just sort of we're just like rolls and like, and like one of them is gonna have a here's the situation moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's let's Ryan be real. Day. We all it's we all Ryan know it's Day. Jeff. It's Jeff Brom. Oh, okay, okay. I could see it with Ryan Day, and that's the nicest thing I've ever said about someone associated with Ohio State football. But yeah, like one one of them is his eyes are just gonna light up. Uh, and he's going to have hours and hours of opinions. And they're going to be specific. 
anime specifically. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. See, I think it's, this is what I was saying. I think it's worth asking these stupid, uh, the stupid pop culture questions at media days because you're gonna get a bunch of flat boring. Well, I don't know about that. Interest, but you're always you, you. Every once in a while, you'll get one guy who just absolutely clicks and vibes to it, and that makes all the rest of it. Worthwhile. I'm gonna try I'm gonna, to. I'm gonna go Brom because I don't know if you can get hired at Purdue without anime knowledge. <laughs> it doesn't seem possible, does it? Please name your favorite anime dog. Yeah, just like I'll bait him out with code. I'll be like, would you consider this past season with Purdue's football a bizarre adventure? Coach Braum and he'll he's be fighting like, it. he's just fighting. He's kind of squinching at you. It's like the try, cool. It's the it's the try not to rock challenge. Yeah, it is. Finally, it'll be like, ah, season four was my favorite. I know other people don't like it, but gotta look cool. Jocks can see this. Yeah, JoJo. Um, what's your favorite joke? Now I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to Big Ten Media Days, so and I'm only gonna ask one question. I'm gonna walk up. I'm gonna ask Jeff Braum what his favorite. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure theme song is. It's their fault for credentialing us. And he's going to have an answer. He's going to absolutely have an answer. Betty enough. Um, <laughs> so this week like, It is not enough. <laughs> yeah. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at getyourguide.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I did want to talk about today, all of, in, the grand, in my, the grand theory of dynastic Football. I should point out that the rest of us declines. are skeptical of this. I know you're, you're very at the outset. you're very very skeptical of this, okay. but and at the risk of <clears throat> sort of explaining something, uh, I want to talk about why Oklahoma's so bad because they're fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're butt right now. They is are it, such. Is it beyond just hiring Ted Roof? Are there things worse things worse than that? <sighs> Doing that on purpose is enough of an indictment out of the gate. But I think I, they had enough talent that. Uh, for a minute, at least, I was like, "Oh, maybe he can't. Maybe he can't move them backwards. Mm. He can't I move anything backwards." That. Yeah. I mean that that seems to be uh, that seems to be one very very large, prominent, and obvious reason why. Because like, mm. why do teams go bad? You know, they go bad because of like eight different things. And I think like the biggest one we can all agree is when the school doesn't want to have football or doesn't care about being good at football. 
<laughs> like that's really Miami's historical problem when they're not really great is that the school is somewhat embarrassed of the football program because of their desire to be a legitimate athletic institution that is also allied with Uncle Luke. Like that's, they are absolutely <laughs> uncomfortable with football on some level and sort of still are, even though they've spent a lot more money on it. So that's step one. Step one is you have to, as an institution, start rejecting football to get real bad. Oklahoma has not done that. Oklahoma has no shame about football. Oklahoma is not going to do that. No, it's sort of part of the brand and core identity at this point, right? If, if Nebraska has not done that, Oklahoma is at least 20-something years away from doing that. Yeah. 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 I think Nebraska's novel for and tragic for wanting to be really good at football. <laughs> like, really, at a DNA level, wanting to be good at football and just, just but not. It's like the harder they bear down on it, the worse it gets. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a five five guy who wants to play in the NBA. You're like, it's. I would buddy. like to note for the listeners, it's incredibly cruel that we started this with like, what's wrong with Oklahoma, and it has somehow veered into why is Nebraska <laughs> so fucked up. I hey, just love that. Not, this is way off topic. There's but no safe that. space. Nebraska's like, all right, we're gonna fire our native son, perfect golden boy, perfect fit, quote fingers over all that head mm -hmm. coach, so we can hire Lance Leopold from Kansas and Wisconsin's like, actually, <laughs> we're gonna spend ten million dollars to hire Lance Leopold from Kansas. Anyway, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, so Oklahoma, that is not their particular tragedy. They don't have the Nebraska thing where we'd like to be really good at football, but you know, circumstantially, resource-wise, it's just not happening. Nope, nope. They're they're probably going to be good at football again. Like I feel pretty confident that institutionally, they have that commitment. This is definitely more one of those like Alabama-style collapses where everything goes wrong, but behind the scenes there will be beheadings, uh, draggings, and enough reorganization to where they will frog march themselves forward to excellence if it kills them. So like, it feels like that's going to happen. Well, the and thing they're, that, a, they're a whole lot closer to major Texas population centers than Nebraska is. That is correct. They're still close to a lot of. They're still close to a lot of really good talent. They have uh, a proven ability to get that in the current era. Like <clears throat> some schools that lost Prop Forty Eight, and the ability to manipulate the roster or take people who were already schooled in their offense because it was a unique offense. I'm talking about Nebraska again, sorry, but they're such a good case study. Spencer, um, what's Prop 48? Uh, Prop 48 was an academic exemption rule in the NCAA code that allowed you to take people um, who might not fit your admissions requirements in the name of uh, football excellence, in were they, short. Were these known by any other name that we might be familiar with? Actually, no, you're gonna have to tell me. Oh, I thought it was the partial qualifier rule. Partial qualifier, yeah. I was just trying to bring out the audience along, sorry. Yeah. That was my mistake, and I won't do it again. No, 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 that was good. I, no. Um, so they don't have that. Oklahoma's still going to have a pipeline. I feel like they've got that. But what if they messed up? Like, what happened to them? What if they messed up? It sort of, to me, started in part with talent on hand and the nature of the team. Okay? You had a very charismatic offensive mind as head coach who, yes, continued uh, to paper over a lot of their defensive struggles by scoring more points. It's a neat trick. If you're going to allow 38 points a game, score 41. That's a real great way to go ahead and make up for that. And able to do that with a series of... I don't even of... know if I would call that a trick. Well, yeah, it's just... like It's not like he decided to have them score that many points because they had defensive struggles. Right. 
But they were at least able to play enough defense and score enough points so that that was a functional model of football. Yeah. Right? So he leaves. And when Lincoln Riley leaves, on top of that, he takes a significant amount of talent, including Caleb Williams, the quarterback, with him to Oklahoma. Fine. Well, it's the transfer market. I'm sorry, to USC from Oklahoma. Yes? Not, nothing. I was just waiting. Yeah. So... <laughs> What's the first thing that people screw up when you have this kind of short-term decline, right? Long-term decline, we're talking like five, ten years, when you're just butt forever, right? Like Florida, for instance, when you make three bad hires and you settle into a kind of eh, pleasant mediocrity, not total disaster, right? Um, or when you're Nebraska and you do this for 20 years and you can't figure Always out what's Nebraska. wrong oh, and you try man. everything. <laughs> or Miami. Nebraska fans, settle- I just want you to know that we know that there are other programs who have yeah. and <laughs> Three of us going. know that. And, Unfortunately, and like, they're not interesting. They're not interesting. <laughs> I know, but, but for some reason, yeah. always Nebraska. <gasps> Sorry, Nebraska. You are, you are fascinating. <laughs> we, love you are, your, we love your funeral potatoes. They, they are fascinating. Um, so what do you do in the short term to make things so bad? Well, uh, one Panic? You, you do panic. It's time to. I think Overcorrect? <laughs> yeah. Overcorrect? But from what mistakes? Well, one is hiring. Ted. Act out. One is, is you make bad hires. Yes. Right? You make bad hires, and you hire bad coordinators. You hire people who aren't going to do the job and who are a bad fit for the kind of football you want to play. They're not a compliment to your complimentary form of football. Ted Roof is that dude. Jason? (laughs) What are the styles of football that Ted Roof compliments? (laughs) I have a series. There aren't many, first of all. Thank you for immediately following me to to that question. Like Cam Newton. If Cam Newton is on the yep. other offense, yep. you have an offense that can overcome Ted Roof. Otherwise, you're fucked. That, that is correct. Um, can I note that his Wikipedia, his Wikipedia page praises him for his highly aggressive defenses? <laughs> <laughs> False. Doubt. Well, anybody can edit Citation Wikipedia. Needed, it's fine. Bro. It's fine. <laughs> They're not good um, at anything. Like aggressive means you get a lot of sacks and you give up a lot of touchdowns and like, pew, pew, but like no, they don't do anything. I keep and this, it's one of those crazy making questions because you know you hear a lot. Well, why does this guy keep getting hired? No, really, we're asking why does this guy keep getting hired? He He's can't like, be that good of a hang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I really think like other coaches just really like him. Like he was like a, a, a kind of a mentor type figure for a little bit for Venables at Clemson. And like other coaches think he's cool. Like, is he the guy who like always shows up with ice to the part? Is this just a lesson to always be the guy who brings ice? By the way, like, did we, I think this might inadvertently pay him a compliment because by oh, being it's a, inadvertent, or all right, if it's a compliment. By being so many different places and keeping a job for so very long, despite no obvious success. Like, if you look, his greatest achievement is like, oh, well, I happened to be on Auburn at a time when Cam Newton was there. Mm-hmm. And when I had Nick Fairley on my defensive line. That's, I was there in the building. Like, you're going to hire him so that maybe there's some sort of law of attraction to where another Cam Newton just happens to walk in the building. On the other Who side of the ball, you have right, nothing to do with. Right. Right. His, I think one actually good defense was Penn State, the, like, bill o'brien era it was like it's a total aberration he's like no one should have had a good defense with that somehow he did and other than that it's dick fucking nothing he won four games in four years as head coach at duke 
which I will state is bad even for Duke football. Mm-hmm. That's pretty deplorable, even at Duke. Three straight <clears throat> 0-8 se- in-conference seasons. Yeah, just it's 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 wild to me. Like whenever, like like once a year or so, you look up and like, wow, that team's getting torched. Who's the defensive coordinator there? Oh, I should have guessed, it's Ted Roof. And like, you post it, and then like younger sports fans are like, I know a song about a roof being on fire. I will make the joke, and it's like that is a good joke. Welcome aboard, people have been making it for literally decades. That's how bad this guy is. Like, right? (laughs) Like, like not to say, oh, you should have known this already. It's just like, yes, welcome, more, keep it coming. It's a yearly tradition. But, but Ted Roof is also one of three defensive coordinators on this staff. There's uh-huh. the, probably another problem there. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you say three defensive coordinators, what do you mean? I mean that if you look at the coaching staff list on Oklahoma's football website, um, Ted Roof's title is defensive coordinator slash linebackers. Todd Bates is associate head coach slash co-defensive coordinator slash run defense slash defensive tackles. (laughs) And uh, Jay Jay Valai is co-defensive coordinator slash pass defense slash cornerbacks and nickelbacks. And the head coach is also a defensive coordinator by trade. Which, I thought which, you might have. I thought. Th- I thought that they might have put like former defensive coordinators of other programs no, into new no. roles, but no, they did no. this thing. So okay. Ted. So Ted. <clears throat> so Ted Roof is the defensive. He's the one without the co-title, but he only coaches the linebackers, and he doesn't run the run or pass. To, like I don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm he's sure there is. Ice. I'm sure he's there is ice. some sort of some distribution of labor here, but it does not make sense just based on the titles. Can does, I? I mean, my my offer is this: What if he's just cool? Sure. Yeah. He might just be the coolest dude. Sure. Dead parties, man. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, does he just pull up every other day in his awesome vintage truck? Bake. Yeah, with a thing of cupcakes. He's like, well, wife kicked me out again. I'm in Dutch, the old lady. I'm gonna be sleeping on the couch. (laughs) Come in, old Ted. Ted Roof, your new title is Star Crunch Coordinator. You gotta bring (laughs) him. We love him. But yeah, that's my that's my question because there's no other reason. So you've 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 hired a guy who who by the way may have one purpose here. He's a convenient scapegoat. Like you can just uh, you can just like oh mm. that must obviously be it. We'll we'll ditch him because uh-huh. if you do fire him, you haven't really lost like one of your chief recruiters. You haven't lost one of the guys who's keeping the talent in. You haven't yeah. lost anyone who's going to badmouth you because. Ted's a great guy. Ted's going to be like, cool. Sure. I'm just going to go Ted get star crutches at another school. Yeah. Ted, Ted knows why he's here. Ted, Ted's here to be jettisoned when needs be. I am also I am also just now realizing that Oklahoma has hired three defensive coordinators, all who work under Brent Venables. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, so that Brent can focus on the offense. Scoring lots of points. <laughs> it's not a and, – and that defense that Venables runs – extremely complex like it is a complex defense it is not one that you know hey we're gonna roll out when <laughs> it's not iowa's defense and i say that as a compliment to iowa because they're like what are you gonna do well i'm gonna play cover three and beat your ass like we're that's, gonna do what we did in 2002 why yeah and then we're just gonna do the shit out of it right <laughs> that's pretty much what they do vanable's defense is pretty complex the idea of that complex defense being taught by an additionally complex management structure to me screams of like disastrous management courses where they're like, yes, if we, it's like the Six Sigma defense, right? It's a very complex system, but it will solve everything. It will only take eight years in bankrupting this company to install. 
Yeah. <laughs> this pass rush could have been an email. God damn yes. it. <laughs> you got four different guys screaming different things at you about the defense rate doing something different on every play. That's right. fun. Which, you know, seems like that that seems like fun. It also seems like absolute po- I mean, can you imagine being a player on this and watching this happen and being like, I think you could probably do this. Cuz you've had moments when you were younger when you were looking at like structures of authority where you go, "Oh, I think you're doing this wrong." Like, players on this team have to be like, what? Really? That's how you decided to do it? Yeah, like, Three different uh, dudes? Not to be elitist, but we're all four stars, and Kansas State is all one stars, so we could probably just sort of line up and <laughs> run straight forward. And <laughs> this, is, this is also not the side of the ball where they had, to, they had a coach, like, quit slash fired at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Kale Gundy there? was an assistant on the story? offensive side, right? Uh, it was kind of convoluted, as I recall. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Totally, but it was one. Of, it was one of those where, where like every time more information came out, it was like, hold on, what word was said? How many times? Why does this get oh, like the two right. chains tweet? Oh, that, yeah. The um, the Gundy, right? Yeah, yeah. Kale, yes. Kale, Kale Gundy. Gundy. Yes, Kale Gundy, who allegedly A key part used... of any Pizza Hut Kale buffet. Superfood Gundy. <laughs> The world's largest purveyor of kale pizza. But art. okay, so so That's all not right. What purveyor means is that bad true? purchaser acquirer. Yes, acquirer. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, no. Purveyor is the other side, isn't it? Purveyor is the no, other side. Sorry. No, I meant is Pizza Hut the largest? Oh, they used. Oh, to be, yeah. yeah. For a while they were a while, when yeah. the when the buffets awesome. were the thing. Yeah. No wonder yeah. I'm so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you can't keep up with me. I've just been eating a lot of Pizza Hut. <laughs> Superfood, all right. I think so. I've always thought so. When I was six, I thought so, and still do. Eight Kenyan marathoners behind me, and I'm like, it's the hut, baby. It's the hut. This what keeps me strong in my hey, hey, out pizza. Man, if you want to keep up with me, you better book it. These are bucket loans, baby. <laughs> just me and Craig Robinson. I want that tracksuit. I want that tracksuit so goddamn badly that um, he is wearing in these ads. Congratulations right. to Craig Robinson for your Pizza Hut yeah. money. Give me the tracksuit. Give it to me. So but Oklahoma has made bad hires before. So, mm-hmm. so they, don't know how to, they don't know how to handle this. Like, yes. especially like Oklahoma has had a history of, oh man, this is not, the defense is a problem. I can think of at least <laughs> three other hires. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Yeah. How like, many like, of those uh-huh. hires? How many of those hires are Mike's students? <laughs> <laughs> like th- this is this is not a new problem, as, as I guess what I'm saying. So why Mike is it so much promotions. worse now? Right. Well, it's not exactly. I mean, like, look at what they've done in the past. Okay, yeah. because this is a program that has had very little turnover over the past seventy years. Let's compare them to Nebraska in that regard. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> they were very similar for a while. For a while. For a while. For a while. Then Until what? This millennium. And then a man named Bill came along. <laughs> Their interims are very, very short. Like they have Bud Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Bud Wilkinson goes like 1947 to 1963. Steady as a rock. Some of the greatest. You know, like statistical college football performances in history happen under Bud Wilkinson. And then they go through like a little eight year interregnum where they have three guys. They have Gomer Jones. 
Who's <laughs> official at Wikipedia? What? Gomer Jones. Yeah. Who's <laughs> no. like, uh, Gomer at one point is like offered an NFL gig and he's like, nope, I'm staying here in Oklahoma. And they fire him a year later. Yep. <laughs> His official it's nice w- to know that we've always been like this. That's Gomer's Iliad right there. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you, Ryan. Gomer's it's official very, Wikipedia. It's a very page. short trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it's over. <laughs> Elliot, Oklahoma. Hell no, they I got, ain't getting on that boat. They got a it great collection. Sure was shot odd there. to see. <laughs> they did give me a lovely golden fleece on the way out the door. <laughs> yeah, I burned my boat. If by that you mean my Cadillac. <laughs> um, I so my yeah, because they, I live in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so they they go through three coaches, including Chuck Fairbanks, and then they get Barry Switzer in '73. He's there for another 15 years. That's good and steady. And then the most recent, like, weird period, there's the five-year Gary Gibbs period, which isn't terrible but isn't great. But then they have two coaches in a row who are real bad, one of whom pains me to say, Howard Schnellenberger, uh, not top-form Howard Schnellenberger. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rumors about Howard Schnellenberger in 95 coming in and being like, he comes in and he says, they're going to, like, write stories about the legends that we create here. And they're like, Coach, your drink smells. You need to put more Coke in it so we can't smell it. So then he left to um, conclude his, his uh, epic legend ballads at Florida Atlantic, somewhere more appreciative of, of such sounds. literature. Yeah. That, is, that is correct. Then, uh, but and where everything hard. smells a little like rum anyway. So. Oh, my Get God. Right Did you guys see the story about um the uh the anti-woke bank yes yes it did yes it did okay yes it did. sorry i only thought about it because they mentioned places that were more appreciative of drinking at work <laughs> um, no no really that's part of that's part of the story the um the guy who's the, the rich dude who founded the house the bank whose house they were working out of yeah they oh god i forget the direct quote but there had been multiple complaints, apparently, about him drinking on the job. And when the Wall Street Journal called him for comment about this, he was like, I think what I do in my own home after 5 p.m. is beneath the interest of the Wall Street Journal. It was, it was the five that really stuck it, because you know, yes! it's 5.02. It's, five, it's, five oh it's very time specific. for some <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Like, is, is that not the most 1962 attitude to be like, 501, trashed. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a meeting. Don't care. It's 503. I'm yeah, already late. If you didn't want me drunk, you should have scheduled it for 9 a.m. Yeah. Next train leaving for Moonshine Station. Toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be okay with the boss being super drunk if he made train noises. <laughs> Listen, if you're gonna make up if you're gonna make up a mythical place called Moonshine Station, I wanna work there. I want a vacation there, idiot. Where do you work? Moonshine Station! That's where the trams at West Virginia sleep at night. I wanna be I wanna be stationed there. I will defend it. Is this like Thomas and Friends but with knives and federal charges? I founded the Moonshine Station militia. West Virginia, Thomas the Tank. Here comes Gordon. He has a knife. <laughs> Thomas the Coal Train. <laughs> on the big rock, on the big rock fod. Come out. <laughs> <gasps> okay, you know the original version of Big Rock Candy Mountain is like 
drunk as hell, right? Yes. It's it's essentially like Pleasure Island for drifters. For railroad hobos, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And it mentions the the lack of police. That's like in railroad bulls. That's like the, the first. railroad bulls. The railroad bulls are blind. The jails are made. Oh, in the Big Rock Candy Mountain, all the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out of them as soon as you're in. How is and there's this not something West Virginia's about fight song? <laughs> uh, boy, too let many me verses. Tell, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you uh, what an EPA like super fun site Big Rock Candy Mountain universe is. <laughs> You're gonna say Big Rock Candy Mountain University. Like honestly, some of which it is sounds, also a problem. Some of it Crushed sounds real OSHA cool. inspectors skull with a rock. A rock. Made first of, of all, candy. first of all, Rock Candy Mountain posits the existence of cigarette trees. An amazing <laughs> concept. <laughs> Brett Bielma, I could use one of those on Saturday nights. The more you keep talking about, it, the more I'm sure that this is in West Virginia. So. All right, there's lemonade Possibly springs. Possibly Pennsylvania. Yeah. Lemonade springs, which ants. <laughs> Uh, the bulldogs all have rubber teeth. I'm fascinated by this concept. <laughs> they it's still so they bite. Gum, so they can just gum you for their own pleasure. Right. They would still bite. Rubber can be very hard. This would still hurt a lot. <laughs> I'm still bad with dogs, just to be clear. So basically, these are these are dogs for these are dogs for riot police. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, in the Big Rock Candy Mountain. To avoid Mountain, accountability with civilian oversight. Employed. There's rubber teeth to attack dogs, Your Honor. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, you never change your socks, and the little streams of alcohol come trickling down the rock. That rocks. part, yes. Isn't it there like, like a lake of gin? No, it's worse. There's a lake of stew. Oh, my God, that's worse. <laughs> I can't think of anything more disgusting. Yum, yum. They don't specify whether it's hot or cold. It's it definitely just, beef stew. <laughs> it's just a big lake of rancid Don't beef stew. Don't ask what kind of meat it is. That's the point of stew. I'm going to roll around in it. Drown me in the stew lake. This was written by stew, a guy who's is, just been drinking his own urine this for also like 30 the existence days of hallucinating. <laughs> this also poses the existence of stew jet skis. This is basically... <laughs> what you're describing is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but for divorced dads. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> there's worse and another lake of whiskey too there so there that one yeah so there's just corpses because you get out so the middle of the whiskey gin. lake yeah i could have sworn gin was in there somewhere yeah the jails are made of tin and you can walk right out again uh yeah and they this hung the so, jerk that invented yeah. work <laughs> oh is, boy the labor uprising right here <laughs> cool. this is how mad this is how bad the situation was and how bad capital was toward labor in the 20s that was. they're like i'm going to go was. ahead was. <laughs> was was which 20s it, i'll yeah. drown myself in a lake of stew because <laughs> that's I what want a tree that Marx just spits would out. do <laughs> i want a tree that just spits out cancer sticks cigarette tree would be quite an investment though right you know so speaking of nebraska <laughs> yeah. No, they don't have mountains. Sorry. Yeah. Um, a big flat candy mountain. <laughs> it's the Candy Mountain Flats. And a cave full of full backs. <laughs> um, did we or did we not have? There's a retention pod full of chowder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. And some chili full of donuts. <laughs> 
It's a local delicacy. You're just back to Nebraska again. Yeah, yeah. You just went right back to Nebraska. Just one dragon, one dragon that that craps out cinnamon rolls, and another one that belches up chili. <laughs> <laughs> whoever it's can, most- whoever can mate these dragons is the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> The one who will be able to claim Tom Osborne's sword, <laughs> which is a gun. I love it. In a safe. Kevin Steele perks up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Steele's Kevin Steele's a hero, by the way, for being part of not one, what? But, not one, but two amazing coaching soap operas that he was part is that of. The word we want. To There's use? like gonna, three at this point. At and least Andy's, to Andy's on. Andy's on the Miami staff now. Oh man, that's see, he's the opposite of Ted Roof. Stop you invite Ted Roof in, good vibes. Ted Floor, he'll take the blame. <laughs> you invite Kevin Steele in, you get instant drama. He just brings a telenovela with him. You, Kevin Steele walks in your office and instantly your toilet is backed up. <laughs> he hasn't even gone in there. There's, it's by, a gun. He put a gun in there. By the time you <laughs> by the time you go fix it, he is sitting in your chair with his nameplate on your desk. <laughs> well, he was watching The Godfather, but he fell asleep and got the wrong idea about hiding the gun in the toilet. <laughs> I licked everything on the desk. It's mine now. <laughs> you still want it? I got strep throat. You better get out of here. He would get out of my office. Throat person. Th- thank you for inventing the pos- for inventing the idea of stupid Godfather, where instead of hiding the, to- the gun in the toilet, stupid like Godfather tape, is just the stu- Godfather. Where stupid Godfather, they're all eating their pasta with their hands at that scene, right? <laughs> The cops facing the wrong way. Michael goes into the bathroom. And the to- the gun is literally in the toilet bowl. Yeah. Like, Got to fish it out of there. I think is stupid Godfather Goodfellas. No, is that no, what, is that no. What, oh, opposite. Is opposite. Stup- no, no, no. Stupid is as Godfather a term is of stupid. endearment. Godfather is stupid Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm about. using the word stupid as the highest compliment here. Right. Oh, like, okay. like good Goodfellas is one of the greatest movies ever. I've I've never yes. been able to pay attention to Godfather. Yeah. This is this is the correct. I mean, opinions are are uh, opinions are subjective, but this is objectively a correct opinion. Yeah. Anyway, like, ne- when Nebraska keeled over in the garden and died. <laughs> that's right. When Nebraska, Nebraska shoved an entire can't grow tomatoes like that. When they went to the orange bowl, <laughs> stuffed an entire orange down their throat, choked on it, and died. <laughs> is this a Cocaines. good time to bring up the true story that I did that in the fifth grade? Stuffed an entire orange. Yes. Into your mouth. Yes. You, you decided to see if you were a boat constrictor? Yes. How did that How did end? That go? Not great. Oh, it ha- turns no. out that if you leave it sitting on your lips for long enough, the citric acid can actually give you a chemical burn. Ah! Um, anyway, I'm alive. I don't know how either. You've, you've survived a lot. I, most of it of my own doing. I don't know if that's better or worse. It's just worse. different. It's just different. Anyway, so where are we ta- why are we talking about Oklahoma again? Because, well, because we're talking about Nebraska. Okay, yeah, sorry, we, were, we were talking about uh, Nebraska, which brings up you know their natural comparison of Oklahoma, who uh-huh. happens to be very bad right now, okay. unlike Football. successful, healthy Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Dominating, Nebraska, dominating, if you will, <laughs> in interim coach well, land. I feel like you had a point like 45 minutes ago that none I of us did. Buy I it. Don't I'm, feel not, I'm not any closer to buying it, but I do feel better about Nebraska. I'm so glad we got to learn about the Big Rock Caddy Mountain. <laughs> Can't spell that without OU. Oh, Ryan, 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 I know the question we wanted to ask Spencer. Yeah. Okay, Spencer, look at me. Mm-hmm. Look directly at me, no screens. Yes. All right. What week of the season is it right now? <laughs> it's week six. Yes. Yeah? 
We got them, folks. Is it week six? No. What is it, week seven? No. Yes. Okay. So re- yeah. Remember, some teams are already like six and oh. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Not not Oklahoma, but some No, no. Not right. Far no, from not it. Oklahoma. I mean, closer than Nebraska, but far from it. That's true. He's looking, folks, he's looking at me with this look of quiet, with this air of quiet woundedness. We'll try this again next week. I actually don't feel bad about this. I'm like, that's fine. It's I close enough. I know you don't. <laughs> you were really confident about that one, though. You, like, went right uh. for it. Um, hey, Bet- Betty's see, disappointed. Betty's, pro- Betty's my advocate here. Betty uh, is disappointed. Yeah. The the other thing too is that they they don't have a quarter they don't have a quarterback got a quarterback injured and um they're short on that side so like that's how that's how they're so bad in short just want to be like hey that that's why they're so bad are they going to stay bad is it serious panic time um I do think you should kind of panic I think that's what Ted Roof's there he's there to get fired right like he's one hundred percent there to get fired um. But like they'll look better next year because the talent is still coming in. Right? They still have Betty. a ton of they still have a ton of good players. They're going to get more good players. Everybody in Oklahoma still wants to be good at football. It's not like you've had some sort of like seismic shift where like, no, 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 we've decided it's gonna be, we're, we're a basketball school now. No. I mean they have not um, done that. Players uh, players might leave, you know, players do that. A lot of them did this last time around before even seeing how it went. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And the schedule's gonna get I'm, really hard in a couple of years. Why? Why would that be, Jason? What's, what's uh, I think they're they're uh, uh, they're gonna honor their commitment to the Big Twelve for uh, for many many years to come, and you know then they'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I um. I was on team panic for Oklahoma fans even before reading Bill C's post um, this week about like the teams that are so collapsing so quickly that Vegas cannot keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the historical comps for Oklahoma in that regard are like some of the worst. One, most... I saw Wazoo Paul Wolf in right. there. Yeah. It's some of the absolute most hopeless situations you can remember from the, the, you know, from this millennium. Oklahoma is right in the mix. And as Ryan pointed out, Saturday night, the loss to Texas was, there was nothing fluky about it. 49 nothing. Uh-uh. if you look at the stats, is what the score should have been. Ew, man, if if, yeah. if if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I'm either panicking or, uh, I don't know, watching the Cowboys. If you remember from earlier in the season, from right before the season, and then again in week one when um, – actually, never mind. This is kind of funny now. But when Ole Miss and Tennessee were both in the top ten of preseason S&P Plus and Bill C. couldn't figure out how to get them out of the top ten, <laughs> um, this is the opposite problem of that. Yeah. The uh, So just – in this past three games for a once ranked team over the last 30 years. Uh, the fifth worst is Oklahoma 2022. They have been 98 points under uh, 2005 Colorado, 99.5 points under 1999 UCLA, uh, which was a full 101 and a half under. Uh, then that's followed up by Texas tech in 2011 107 points under and texas in 1997 the worst uh it gets worse the comparison for the largest underachievement for a first year coach i'm just going to read the names not the uh the the actual you know sums uh ron dickerson from 93 temple remember when temple was actually kicked out of the big east <laughs> that's we're talking that era um paul wolf at 08 Washington State, Brent Venables, 22 Oklahoma, worse than Paul Wolf in 2008 at Wazoo. 
And then Vic Canning at, at Wyoming, Brian Knorr at 2001 Ohio, and a real bad comparison, 2010 Turner Gill at Kansas. Ouch. But all those yeah. situations turned around, right? No. No, they, no, they didn't. <coughs> for for I mean, someone. For the next coach, yeah. So I, like, I have, I have like a maybe slightly more boring answer. Hit me. Which I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of why coaches do or don't succeed quickly at like big name programs like Oklahoma has a lot to do with like the environment they find themselves in when they parachute, like when they when they make that jump. Mm-hmm. These are the other these are the other coaches who were active in the Big Twelve when Lincoln Riley had his first season when he went 12 and two, obviously like a much smoother transition and you don't have transfer nightmare and you know, all this other shit you've got Gary Patterson at TCU. They're still a solid squad at that point going 11 and three. Mike Gundy's obviously at Oklahoma state. Matt Campbell is starting to break through at Iowa state. They go eight and five that year. Uh, It's Bill Snyder at Kansas state at that point, but that's like, I want to say, yeah, that's his penultimate year, and that's definitely not, like, the peak Snyder years by any means. It's Tom Herman in Texas. It's Dana Holgerson, like, winding up his last few years at West Virginia. Um, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. David Beatty at Kansas. And Matt Rule at Baylor when Baylor was, you know, at the, at the bottom football-wise, certainly. And, like, most of these programs... With the exception, like, there are maybe a handful of exceptions here, but it's, like, the early returns, at least, on a lot of especially the new hires in this conference, like, the coaching is just good. There aren't, there aren't that many cheap and easy wins you can get. I think this Ooh. tends to explain a lot of, like, you know, when Auburn is good or bad or when Florida is good or bad or when, you know, even when Kentucky or Vanderbilt, like, when they have their, like, good – their super good years – it kind of lines up when, oh, these other schools are having some big pro. Like, you kind of need that balance. It's it's a lot harder to do when it's like, yep, you're new, and everybody else is on their game. Ryan, I think you're definitely onto something. I'm looking at 2017, Lincoln Riley's first year, and the computer composite, the Big 12 was the fourth best conference that year, according right. to dozens of different computers all thrown together. This year, according to the same metric, the Big 12 is currently the best conference. Well, at least he's moving to an easier one. Yeah, so I take it back. I take it back. The difficulty will finally alleviate itself once you get to play um, Alabama more. Because, <laughs> I mean, shit, they, they, they're pretty bad by uh, Texas standards. They barely beat two Texas teams that aren't even the best Texas team. Uh, yeah, by the way, next year's schedule just to start off for, for Oklahoma. In case you go, well, I'm right, you know, how fast, how fast is the mob coming? Uh, next year's schedule to start. Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. Good start. Brilliant. Wow. That's exactly how you want to do it. <laughs> Give me some God. breathing room. God. The problem is if you don't go 3-0, and like... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they don't know. There is no institutional memory of how to do this, right? Sure. Old, Ye- Old Yeller is a very new story for them. Unlike for some fan bases who every three years have to go, <laughs> I'll do I it, also, <laughs> I also think that is maybe a small bit. I don't think it's the majority of the reason why. I think that is a small element of why there is no actual heat on Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. I think Iowa looks around and is like, being on that su- that particular roller coaster, that sucks. 
Like having to hire somebody, Oregon has not had a good time since Chip Kelly left. And Oregon tried to do the like, well, we'll just, you know, retain internal talent and sort of keep everything rolling. And oh God, and oh God, and now, <laughs> yeah. now and we there's... can't keep coaches. You know, it's just like, there, there is a, the devil, you know, quality to some, to this for some programs. Yeah, and like I mean, Iowa's a funny one because it feels like like how much longer can this go? They did win ten games last year. Like sure. they, Kirk said, they, so they've they're winning percentage. Offense was well fucking terrible that year too. Yeah, it, it that part never matters. Like their winning yeah. percentage for the past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like <laughs> they win a lot of games. It's awful. He'll stay. I, I think I think the main thing for me is like, and and this is the thing I never understand. If you're going to bail, if you're going to rip the Band-Aid off, and, I, and whether or not that's a good decision like, is entirely situational, what is the next thing you're going to do? Like, this, to me, is ultimately... Uh, yeah, fair. But, like, Louisville, if you're going to fire Scott Satterfield, which apparently beating Virginia buys you more time, like, what happens next? Wisconsin, I think, has actually handled this really well because they have, like... I cannot remember a time uh, this has happened before where a school has said, this is the interim, and almost officially said, he is auditioning for the job. Yeah. But, like, that is a plan. And a lot of schools will just be like, ah, we fucking hate you. We don't want a dad. Ah, shit, we need one. Wisconsin has, like, if you get Lance Leopold, great. If you don't, you got this guy who's kind of already, like, younger. Yes. The guy you had and yes. maybe a little more forward thinking like Wisconsin. Who you who you also like want to affirmatively keep who you're not just like retain. It, it's not just like, oh, you're here and therefore we have to give you the job. Like as as stupid and as kind of fucked up as the Manning Diaz situation was at the end of last year where he's like still the coach, but not the coach. <laughs> it was a form of a plan. It was a very sloppy plan. And whether it will work out or not is, uh, I think, a little bit in doubt right now. But like, what does Oklahoma do if they're just like, nope, Brent Venables ain't it? What happens next? Bob Stoops, $30 million a year. <laughs> Did they go the get, return? Uh, did they go hire one of the other Stoopses and hope they remember which one is the good one? <laughs> I mean, this is you have to remember. Go get the one that we haven't tried yet. Go get Ron. <laughs> go get Ron Stoops. New Stoops just dropped. The one who I thought I think I think it's Ron Drew, the one who I thought had the best job of all, who uh, who had their dad's old high school job. Am I making this up, or was there one I don't know. that did that? I have no idea. Yeah, this no, this person yeah, you're I think about that's, is I think real. That's, I trust you. I yeah, don't there think, is another. I don't stoops. think anyone knows the whereabouts of all the stoops. Like everyone yeah. just knows a few of them. It's important to practice stoops awareness of the ones that are on our radar. The thing that, that the thing people forget about, uh, like Iowa in particular, like okay, so who would Oklahoma go and get? I, I don't know, but they have they have a real fear of how far the bottom could fall out. Sure, a place like a place like Iowa. They've only had two coaches since 1979. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two. Two. Right. We're looking at, we, we talked about this yeah. a little bit over the weekend. We're talking about like the Oregon conundrum, right? Right. Like what, what do you, like where is the bottom? How much are you scared of that? But um, do you think Iowa has even had that discussion? Do no. you think there is a piece of paper or a document somewhere that is like, if, if 
even if it just like Kirk Ferentz retires and we're not fucking giving the job to Brian, like, is there a list? It's, and this is completely unquantifiable, and it's possible that the Iowa fans that we know are just preternaturally chill. Yeah. But it also there also seems to be, a, this does not seem to be a fan base in revolt, and if they are in revolt, they're being kind of subtle about it. Uh, I or don't do we know. Just, do we just know really laid back Iowa fans? Like, I have seen a. I have seen a lot more Iowa. Like, I mean, whereas, I, don't know, I don't know people who are happy, but like, think about the fan bases that we are coming from. Yeah, and the like the weird shit that would be going on in our own college towns if we were in this position. The shift that I have seen, at least on Twitter, which is not real, mm-hmm. is. Whereas last year, you'd get a lot of like, listen, Iowa's good. Just because they're not good in the way that you like doesn't mean you have to. They're a good team. All right? So why don't you show them some fucking respect? Has well, now the shifted. The win total last year was a fair point. Sure. I think. I think but if now you, that if has shifted com- into, Jesus, enough of this bullshit, please. <laughs> I think you have to compare them to, if, if you're like comparing them to an SEC fan base, you have to make sure it's a fair conflict. You can't compare yeah. them to like what would be happening at Alabama if they were 3-3. Three and three. If Kentucky, yeah. after a 10-win season, is 3-3. Three and three, there's no riots, but they're pretty unhappy yeah. about it. And like, yeah. if it, but who, if, who if is even the Iowa? Ten, if even a ten-win team looks like a three-win team, yeah. Then I mean, I I think they seem especially unhappy by Midwestern standards. <laughs> who is the Iowa of the SEC at this point? Kentucky. Kentucky yeah. in every way. Kentucky. Yeah. <sighs> I I I can see it and I can't. It's what a, a team that. Seeks to be Kenta- co- seeks to be competitive. Kentucky's too happy to be Iowa no. right now. They're, they're going to win ugly. They're mm-hmm. totally fine with winning Very. ugly, right? Extremely ugly if necessary. I guess right? I'm having trouble seeing the comparison because Kentucky's pretty happy right now. Yes. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get in the moment. I think long term. Okay. Right. Like yeah, zoom give them like if we zoom out. Ten more years of like, mm. oh man, we we beat this team. That means our expectations go up, right? Yeah. <laughs> posit posit a box. This box plus time. Yeah. If we put Kentucky is still it. Kentucky is still getting used to being good. Kentucky remembers how bad it could be. Take away that memory and how happy are yeah. they? You know what I mean? Because Iowa fans don't remember like, that like the last winning t- the last winning season they had prior to Hayden Fry's arrival in 1979 was 1961. They had to go all the way back to 61 until like you could find a winning record. Like how low is the bar there? How bad can it get? It yeah. can get terrible for decades at a time. But does that even apply in like modern, like do any of these old patterns and histories, like do they mean anything in 2022 because of how roster construction is different and recruiting is different and how, like, isn't everything different? Isn't it a lot harder to sort of stay in the base? Like we t- Kansas is the obvious example. Duke is no longer, like, think of all these schools that in the last, I don't know, five years have been like, nope, not going to stay down there. There are not that many schools that just live in the basement anymore. Negligence never sleeps. It's always in fashion sure. and someone is going to sure. pick it up. Which also means there are not many schools that live in the penthouse for very long. Right? No, so like, no. Yeah, like Oklahoma, you were guaranteed a spot there for decades. You just not now. Yes, that that is that is the trade-off, I think. But I think if you're just saying like <laughs> you uh, you you could go back to you know, constantly struggling to make bowl eligibility. It's like, I don't think that's true anymore. I think, I think there is enough, there is enough figured out at this point that 
really any program with a base level of resources, if they do like just the right number of things, they don't have to be amazing, can be like can more or less do what Wake Forest has done over the last few years. Like Wake Forest is not going to make the playoff, and I don't think anybody expects them to. But Wake Forest is not going to go one and eleven. Or they it can could run for they, you can. They, they could have we, all the resources and be Texas most of the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> we, sure. listen, we have several current ongoing runs of uninterrupted mediocrity yeah. that I can count off to you right now okay. at big schools. Florida, yeah. USC, Texas. Florida went right? to an Florida's SEC title fine. game like Florida's two years fine. ago. Yes. Florida's yeah, Florida's stealing fine, valor. Right? Stealing but, valor. No, no, right? be, because this is, this is where you're wrong because, like, yes, Florida is not what it used to be, but to call Florida a mediocre program – yeah, is that's spoiled. Like, You're spoiled. Is, is some Very spoiled, spoiled baby spoiled, bullshit. I will take it. I will take it. Um, you know what? I, I think you, there was... Sorry, how many national titles have you had this millennium? <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Um, point seated, trial proceeds. Miami um, is the better example in the state. Miami Miami is much... You know, or Nebraska, sorry. Oh, yeah, or Florida State. Florida State. Think Maybe. about it. Sure. Say, say Miami because that way it pisses off Florida fans who want to suffer to, to someone to acknowledge their grand suffering, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it pisses off Miami fans because the Kane dynasty will never, ever end. You hate her. Yeah. Erf, erf, erf. Oh, yeah. Wait, sorry. Yep. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretend that instead of barking, I did a homophobic slur. But really big schools that <laughs> really big schools that keep mismanaging. That dog's going to hell. All of this, yeah. Air, like you can go down a little bit. Like you could go down a slight tier and find even worse examples, like Arizona okay. State. Arizona State just a lot of upside, a lot of potential, and they just keep spitting the bit. They just won't get. I on don't board. even think that is true. I don't. I, I. don't. Okay, think that's listen. True. The examples no, no, of let, gross... Hang on. Let let Ryan rebut and okay. then let let's structure this for a second. Let Ryan rebut and then you come back. <laughs> okay, I got it. Like, all right, I'm gonna pull up Arizona State's sports reference page. Eighteen bitches. Fucking load. Okay, 20, 20, uh, 2013, 2014, back to back ten win seasons. One of them ends with a win in the Sun Bowl. Both ended ranked in the top twenty-five. Like this is not the mark of a mediocre program. We can have the separate discussion about like what the Pac-12, especially the Pac-12 South, looked like in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. But like, programs are great. This is a team. Hang on, let him finish. This is this is this is a team that has been to. Let me count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bowl games in its last twelve seasons. And one of those obviously was a COVID year where they didn't go to any bowl game. This is not. I, I, I have a problem saying that like an Arizona State, which by by location and history does not like have a right to be significantly better than this, that this is like a mediocre team. It's more the epic history of mismanagement there right. that really belie- makes me think that there is a an artificial cap on what they could be. By them constantly making hires that nobody else would make. Okay. For instance, the time that they recently just squandered, not only hiring Herm Edwards but letting Ray Anderson be their athletic yeah, director. I gotta say, sure. there aren't too many. There aren't too many instances in all of the sport history where you could say a hire that nobody else would make, and it's not hyperbole. That's one. But but this is this is what I mean. Herm Edwards. Everything you're saying is right, and this is what is also true. Herm Edwards went twenty six and twenty. So the idea that you, I, I think like, 
you, it's really hard to drive a program all the way into the ditch at this point. There are still enough things you can do right that you can be like, yes, we can sort of like keep it from taking on water aggressively. When there's enough, there's enough, uh, I really don't want to get into like the state department of it all, but there's enough institutional structure at a lot of these places where it's really tricky to dismantle it on the fly, even if sure. you're trying to. Sure. Yeah. And it, in addition to that, before they got Herm Edwards, mm-hmm. before we even, before Todd we Graham. even, it was, was fine. The, the, the Todd Graham was, concert experience. Yes. Todd was mostly was, fine. Was mostly was fine. In, in terms of football games, pretty good. Todd, it's Brittany bitch Graham. Uh, Todd yes, Graham correct. has a legitimate, he has a legitimate case as Arizona state's best coach of the 21st century. This might be the first right? time Limited. that anybody has ever used those words in the same sentence. Right. Sure. And he and he was fine. But then they Unless get they, a legitimate case to assume that Todd Graham is patient zero. Yeah. Um, but you have like then they 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 spent the rest of the two thousands on Dirk Cutter and Dennis Erickson. Yeah. You know, like it, come on, man. That's everyone's employed Dirk Cutter at some point. And Dennis yeah, Erickson. Take a turn. <laughs> and Dennis Erickson. That's true. That's true. Actually, fair. Dennis Erickson is the, on this podcast right now. The Arizona State Sun Devils are the chargers of college the, football. The length of those two Wikipedia bios is just sprawling oh, yeah. and continuing. Dude, they, yeah. they really it's are like the run Incredible like, Hulk just wandering across oh, the country. Like, it's like movie credits. <laughs> How many they fucking really animators are. are on this Arizona State set? <laughs> We didn't even know what it was going to look like. They just told us, <laughs> they just told us Rudy Carpenter, uh, like Full Thanos dissolves. fight, and just told us yeah, it dissolves. You see the name of a song? I didn't even hear that. They paid yep. money for it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Goddamn. Yep. They really are run like a team, like an NFL team, and that they expect the checks to come whether they're good yes. or not. Yes. Right. But, like, but he, here's the fucked up thing: who has had the best? Who is who has had the better last ten years? Arizona State or Nebraska? Damn. I already know the answer. I know. Like <laughs> this is, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I you're think not. The, you're not asking enough of our beloved Sun Devils. So, is what I'm so, saying. So you need real, to ask your son to get off the couch and get a job, Ryan. The ASU real, made one bad hire. The real reason why I think you have this like eroding upper middle class, let's call it, mm-hmm. in college football, where it is like these segments of like there are the the Ohio State, Bama, Georgias. And then there's like the kind of interesting thin layer beneath them that's like, hey, you'll get the fourth playoff spot. It won't go great. Have fun. And then there's everybody else who's like, you're eight and four and therefore you suck. I think it's just like recruiting change. I I looked at this recently. If you look at the 1992 Alabama roster and you see where did the players come from, Mm -hmm. it's like I think it was like two thirds Bama, the state of one third somewhere else. And the somewhere else was mostly like places near Alabama. If you go look at like one of the more recent championship rosters, that ratio has almost flipped. Recruiting has changed in such a fundamental way over the last 20 plus years that this is no, like if you are Arizona state, you can't assume that you can like put a wall up around any recruit. And that wasn't true in the nineties. In the nineties, you could say like, okay, as long as we like, don't fuck up, we have a good chance of keeping our best players in state. It didn't always happen. Um, there's a running back who played for Northwestern who's from, um, ah, fuck, what was his name? This is going to bother me. Doesn't matter. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think that has changed things in such a big way where it's like, no, it's no longer like, hey, here are the high school players who play in your area. And it's just like, no, you just get fucking picked apart by the bigger dinosaurs. Enjoy the scraps. And then whoever you do get, they might find a better opportunity and good Yes, them. yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Not reflective of any other larger trends in society or the economy. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, I did have one haunting thought while considering teams that underperformed and are probably mismanaged uh, in the name of stability. You know what school cranks out uh, a top 10 amount of NFL talent and buy draft picks and yet has only two division titles since, say, 2010 to show for it? That'd be Penn State. Uh, Okay. Mm. It's It's a hard division. It's it a is a very division. hard division. It's a difficult spot. But we're just pointing that out. Just going to let that look, look, little bit you of discomfort. Can't, you cannot do anything funnier than I think it was John John U. Bacon this week. Who basically, <laughs> who we basically put... Who basically put... <laughs> The Penn State coaching coaching seat in play, even though Penn State is undefeated this year. It's like I, Matt Rule. Matt no, Rule got fired. So, so James so James Franklin needs to watch. Out. Penn State, it. which Sorry. lacks the stability of Michigan and mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers football. Sorry, I, I stand Michigan, behind Michigan, where our coach tried to leave six months ago. I stand behind my good friend John Bacon and this extremely solid take. It's, I don't care. This is this is an emotional. This is Michigan's version of an emotional truth, which is why we had trouble recognizing it. That's all. Like what a hell! I life. would like it if James Franklin left. I understand you would like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be good. Life would be way easier for you. What a hell life James Franklin must live in this specific regard. That even when Penn State is good and successful, there are people who are like they're gonna get fuck. He's 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 gone. He's dead. He's I like or they see or six, and then they see six on the other side instantly, when they're two right? and like, four. Or they say yes. James Franklin to the USC job. Whoa, <laughs> yes. this, this rumor will hurt him in recruiting. God damn, man. <laughs> I understand y'all want rid of him. But I think we fully established nothing will hurt James Franklin. Nothing. No. He's not no. fucking leaving, no matter how much you'd like no. it. Watch him leave now. Yeah, watch him. Jay, you do. His job is open. <laughs> it is 333. <laughs> It is 3.33 on Tuesday, October 11th, just for the record. If anybody wants to start a stopwatch. I love the idea of James Franklin having a, you know, he's he's like very like, I love you guys and that stuff. Like him having to say he loves the fucking Carolina Panthers with all his soul. <laughs> him trying to do the little cat noise. Happy birthday, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Who by that when I look at so big purr. <laughs> My heart swells. Huge. I want to kiss him. I want to kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> when I look at the testicleless panther out front of our, what's the name of our stadium again? Bank, super ba- super Bank, Bank Field. Super Bank Stadium. Bank Field. Bank Bark Field. I want y'all to pack the bank lobby this Barking week. Cat Arena. <laughs> We are going to have one of our beloved Charlotte traditions this week. We are going to do a teal out. Everybody come on down to the Belk. 
So I drove I drove from Charlotte this morning and passing through. Oh, so you heard him. You see this gigantic <laughs> hey, billboard. Hey, Spencer can exclusively <laughs> the, confirm that James that Franklin was seen in Charlotte. He was that bringing Derek Anderson back to remind <laughs> us of the brightness of Panthers teams once Basically, gone by. Their, bill, their billboard in Charlotte is just a gigantic can of Miller Lite, and it says, Go Panthers. <laughs> okay, that's, that's amazing. It. Just beer How Midwestern is that? Um... <laughs> They should. They should. It's almost. That's almost word for word a Bill Hicks joke about the future of advertising from like thirty years ago. They just did if, it. Yeah. If, yeah. if 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 he takes the Panthers' job, he should bring Jimmy when, Clausen to do the Chad Powers. When he takes the Panthers' yes, job, he yeah. should bring Jimmy Clausen to do the Chad Powers thing that Eli did, just so we can see Jimmy Clausen like airmail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, like Jimmy, boy, Jimmy this guy Clawson fucking is sucks. Like, this guy's at awful. the combine. Is that what? It, or is that like UDFA <laughs> yes. day? And they're like, get this, get this dork out of here. Jesus. So, hey, quick question. Terrible. I know it's been there for a minute, but how do you think? Who had to explain the Chad Powers thing to James Franklin? And how do you think that went? Oh. James Franklin is online enough that, and also like online in a like four years ago way that he's like, I saw this fake Tom Brady face recently, and I think it was very effective. Oh, you think it was his idea? I think in James Franklin's mind, this is, you know who loves watching the Manning cast? (laughs) 16-year-old football players. They also love Mission Impossible movies. I mean, they should. What if we should combine these things? This is the man who, at a Vanderbilt practice, saw that I was wearing green pants and goes, Are you Irish? <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, are you? <laughs> oh, speaking of... She should um, have said Northern Irish and thrown a smoke bomb at it. Speaking of, we have neglected car. this. Um, the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights have uh, returned some... Uh, 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 different kind of I-word American <laughs> pride. I thought you were going to say they returned <laughs> stolen relics. With the reascension <laughs> of Nunzio Campanile <laughs> to the throne in Pe- away. <laughs> Pesca meaning fish and uh, Attaway meaning I threw it over there. <laughs> Attaway. So... We should just we should just mention that and note that. Um, Spencer, can we ask you some questions that the listeners submitted that we haven't let you see? Yes. Um, first of all, what week of the season is it? <laughs> no, let's try it again. Week six. N- no, dude. I'm not changing my answer. <laughs> Stick to your guns. <laughs> I know it's week seven, but here. Let's yeah, now. No, yeah. Doesn't count. Plant, oh, plant your okay, feet. Wait. Plant your wait. feet to make them come to you. That's New plan. Right. New plan. How long do you think we could convince them it's a different week of the season? Pretty not easily. Now. Don't even not think now. about it too. Well, long. I'm thinking hard. Yeah. It'll eventually be week six again. This That's question true. comes from Matt Brown. It's week six in the Azores. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Publisher, creator of Extra Points, our old buddy. Spencer, how do I get rid of butt wink when I squat? What is butt wink? That's butt a, wink that's is, also my question. But, I assume it's when you squat and your butt sort of pops out the top of your shorts. It is. Oh. It, no, buddy. That's but <laughs> that's that's just plumber's crack. We don't need <laughs> that's to what, okay, that's what that. I thought. Right, what what's butt wink? Butt, butt wink is when you um, oh, it no, overextend. Not, this is something worse. Is when you it? overextend the squat past the knees and the butt mm-hmm. kind of winks down. And there's some concern about tension under weight that you are going to, uh, you know. 
take weight away from what you want to emphasize, which are the glutes, the quads, right? And you're going to put too much weight on your knees oh, and a lot of stuff you don't want to do. I thought it was. So the, yeah. the way to eliminate butt wink is to simply uh, do a little video check. It helps, okay? Find a good spot, a good cue to keep you parallel. And then don't necessarily go any deeper than that. Because, yes, you want to achieve depth on a squat. You don't want to do partials. They don't work for most people. But uh, seriously. Can you practice doing it over like a set of yoga blocks or something? So yeah, until yeah. That's, the correct depth? One, one great way to do that is to do uh, box squats, which is to find mm -hmm. a, a good sturdy box that you can keep and put under your butt. Like literally take it down, put the weight on your butt. And then get back up. These are a great it's exercise. It's my butt wink box. These are a great thing because it will help you establish depth, like the right depth. And it will also really help you get out of the hole if you have trouble getting out of the hole. Like if that's where your squat fails is coming out of the hole, that is a great tool for avoiding it's that. My so there, that's my, that's my very serious answer to how to avoid butt wink. By the way, a little bit of butt wink, a little bit. Like if you do the video check and you're seriously not doing it that much, a little bit's okay if you're not experiencing any pain. Honey, come out to the garage and see if my butt is winking. <laughs> that's literally what he should do. Yeah. Also, if your butt wink looks nice, you have an Instagram account. We know Correct. several sports writers who will be interested in that Just content. go ahead and post um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, next Next question. This, this is from brought to you by Yoga Mommy's Dapiz. <laughs> At one dishwasher asks, uncles or aunties? Uh, I'm not going to Wow. Choose, so, so quit asking. <laughs> why would, the most stumped he's ever been. <laughs> Damn. Why, why, why would I do that? You know, I will say this politically. <laughs> Politically and in terms of long-term benefit, you really do want aunties over uncles because those uncles are just going to kill themselves in ATV wrecks, right? Uh -huh. Aunties, they're going to be there. So I, I was, if, I, if I was forced at gunpoint to choose, aunties over uncles. At gunpoint, huh? Um, Holly and Jason, if you have ones, you can throw them in here as well. Uncles or aren't going to fix you a plate. Um, okay, this is from at, at Seltzer Mom. Go Bills. Spencer, how do we know if we're living our finite days of consciousness on this earth right? Before the end, do we find out if we were right or wrong? God, that's a great Bill's question for right now. That is an excellent Bill's question. Uh, you won't. Stop worrying about it. That's it? That's it. Stop worrying about it. Be okay. grateful that he gave Tr a short answer. Tr truth is in the doing. Okay. So. Uh, this is from at Jack the Rabbit. Spencer, what's the deal with baseball? No. Hmm. What do you mean No. No. <laughs> baseball, hey, baseball has been giving us a lot the past couple of weeks. I get it. I, I do think it's, it's, it's funny. It's funnier as a gift than as an experience. I do think I will say that's why I, I do say think it's been it's, giving us a lot. It is very funny to me that the playoffs, which are like this fucking money machine for every other sport, where they're like, let's make more of them, let's put them on TV more. Baseball is like. Tuesday at noon, the perfect time for some playoffs. <laughs> you hate money, you stupid idiots. Um, okay, this is yeah, yeah. Tra training. It's a training wheel sport. The sport, that, <laughs> the sport that treats itself like it's the like Frisco Beach Bowl. Everybody wears jammies. Mm -mm. Yeah, well, child, it's like child, child sport, child's imagination. Bosses wear uniforms. Stupid. You didn't enjoy the three-run double from the other night. It's best played when it's bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, baseball. I will say, baseball is the best sport where when something goes wrong because nobody knows what to do. Every like yeah, it's great. basketball, if like there's a weird bounce or something breaks down, like everybody sort of knows how to react. 
But baseball mm-hmm. players, I think, are so accustomed to the rhythm of, like, this is what happens on a ground ball. This is what happens with this. And when something goes wrong, it dominoes. That's why you see, like, this error turned into three. It's fucking mm. great. Um, if you really want to consume baseball the way it was meant to be played, yeah. just set some set some kind of auto Twitter search for people tagging John Boyce in tweets that say watching some baseball. Watching some baseball, yeah. And there, you're set. Uh, at Dan Morrison 96 asks, are you excited to watch Brian Kelly beat Florida? No. That's mean. <laughs> no. I don't want will good that, things to happen for him. Will that so, mean no. anything to you at this point? Will that, no, will not that really. No, not, this year's just no. Th- I mean, it'll it'll it, it'll sting a little bit, but this year I've pretty much written off Florida as uh, you know your your preschool year, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, you guys blocked, yay! So that's basically where we're at. So okay. it'll only sting a little. I am I the only one that thinks Florida has this? I mean, I, I, that's I the thing. I don't know. Okay, Flor- who has who has Florida looked decisively like they have had this year? It's not so much that as I have the sample size of having watched both of these teams play my own. Yeah, if I had to pick and a winner straight up, I'll take Florida. With my, I will say this: LSU's been so feelings about it. LSU's yeah. been so bad on special teams that if it's a toss-up, I would take Florida. LSU—that's that's that's, that's, that's kind of where I was going with this. Actually, LSU has been uh, the difference in the scores between the Tennessee, Florida and the Tennessee LSU games can be chalked up in large part to mistakes made by Tennessee in the Tennessee, Florida game and mistakes made by LSU in the LSU, Tennessee game. And uh, Florida was very game about capitalizing on those mistakes uh, by Tennessee and LSU appears willing to provide them. This is absolutely all that I'm also, I know a lot depends on which Anthony Richardson shows up. Um, but that's not a bad theory yet. Cause that was true of the LSU Auburn game as well. Is that it's not right. like LSU didn't fuck up. LSU fucked right. up plenty. Auburn just didn't do anything about it. Right. And yeah. every, and, and this was, you know, this was also, you know, at the end of a hot weather, early season, uh, rivalry game. And every time Tennessee fucked up in that second half, Florida was there to turn it into points. Sure. Um, and LSU is appears to be very very happy to hand those opportunities to you so i i don't i'm not confident that lsu could win this game at all yeah uh at side out par spencer delights in scoffing at sacred cows but what are his what is spencer reluctant to treat irreverently oh my that's too who wrote that that's too serious this is this is a long time listener all right. Um, is there anything where you're like? Cows, is is there anything where you're like, no, don't make fun of that? Um. You know, if I don't have an answer, I don't have an answer. So okay. no, like if nothing okay. came to that, because I think there's a context for making fun of something uh, at, at every point in the right context. So yeah. Here's the last one. But like, I'm not gonna punch. I'm not gonna like punch down. Like, All right, I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm gonna give you two actually before we get off this. Okay, uh, at Snowster SC, driving across the country soon. What is a good book to read in hotels and at rest areas, etc.? Uh, Holly. Oh, that's a Spencer question. Never mind. You no, no, you, no, you, you, you have you have your hand up. I just realized it was a Spencer question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, I, let's let's see what Spencer says, and then I want to hear. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Read Life by Keith Richards. Yeah, it's I really dare. good. 
Okay. It's really, really good. <laughs> no, go ahead and jukebox yeah. about this because you have found some amazing facts in this It's book. absolutely fantastic. That man shouldn't be alive. Keith Richards is amazing. Keith Richards has a really... I enjoyed it even more when I found out about things he had said in the book and then went and checked him against other accounts of things in the book. For instance, the recording of Exile in Main Street, he says, was a time of great personal discovery and artistic collaboration. This is not everyone else's memory of it. Everyone else is like, Keith was high on heroin and we had to wake him up every morning and he would never show up for things. And in his book, he was like, oh, what a fantastic time. They should do, they, they should release dual, they, every autobiography should come with an unauthorized biography mm-hmm. done by everyone who was around you at the time. Yeah, no. And you should be able to sync them up. Like The other one is... Like is, an annotated version, basically? You, uh-huh. Yeah. You, you, the really, other one, you really should go side by side with Bill Wyman's Rolling with the Stones because you couldn't find two different people than yeah. the bass player and guitarist for that band. The bass player for the bass player for the Rolling Stones, by the way, quit the band to open up a fish and chip shop called Sticky Fingers. That was his exit plan and his retirement plan was to open up a fish and chip shop. Yep. You can't be you can't England harder than that. The other suggestion is my perennial go to, which is I Live to Tell It All by George Jones and Tom Carter. That is the one where George Jones tells, among other stories, one waking up in the middle of a river in the passenger seat of a car, neck deep in water. With his On driver. the big rock candy mountain. mountain. <laughs> in the Stew River. <laughs> he woke up in a Stew River uh, too. He once came to after a cocaine and drinking binge in the middle of Houston in his tour bus firing a gun into the floor as his driver drove him around. Three, he once came to from a drinking bender uh, laughing and flushing $100 bills down the toilet of his hotel suite. Those are just three of like five thousand. That's the that's the book where he talks about how they couldn't, how gangsters kidnapped him for to pay off an insurance policy they'd taken out on him, and they tried to overdose him on cocaine, but they couldn't do it because no amount of cocaine could kill him. Does he, does he talk about having the invisible monkey friend that he threw off the bus, the tour bus, uh-huh, and, uh, then, and then welcomed Daffy back duck. on? It was yeah, duck. he had a, it was a duck, he, not he a monkey. Drank, Thank you. He drank to the oh, point. I thought it was a monkey named. I Daffy liked it better duck. when it was a monkey yeah. named Daffy Duck. <laughs> He drank to he drank and used coke to the point where he had a disassociative episode that was so long lasting that he named this character who would abuse him and tell him what a piece of shit he was, but in a Donald Duck voice. So imagine George Jones up there singing "He Stopped Loving Her Today" while this thing is like, <laughs> right? Like, uh, okay. The last question. This is from at Senor Andy. Does Spencer want the Nebraska job? You're shitting me. That's not a real question. It is. That's beautiful. No. Which Nebraska job? <laughs> yeah. Which there's lots, there's lots, there's lots a big of, state. I don't lots know. of I postings. Like I feel like he's committed to what they're building at North Texas. Is this a is this a corn heist? Is the this Nebraska a job. <laughs> Oi, love. No. No, I don't want it. Why? I'm not going to Nebraska. Why not? What if I you can remote? If I could remote it, let's talk. What is the amount of money that you would need to do, I don't know, let's say one year at Nebraska? Everyone knows that you're just doing one, then you're going to get you're going to you're not going to get your contract renewed, but you have to be there. You have to like actually do the job. Market value. So uh, with peer market value with, for you or for No, this is the Big 10 West, which is a scam anyway. So I'm going to ask for 8 mil. <laughs> And they're going to okay. pay it because the Big Ten scam prices, and I think most of the big. If I had to like, eight how million does the in my t- own grove of cigarette trees. <laughs> right, <laughs> eight million in a, a lake full of stew. That's what I'm asking for. 
and a big cinnamon bowl canoe that I a cinnamon bowl canoe that I can just <laughs> Nebraska fans in a panic after this episode, folks. They've discovered the cinnamon roll canoes. And I'm gonna give a mill. How did I'm he find give a my sex of- dream? How? <laughs> Bring me the head of Scott Frost, and I will do the job. Eight mil. Okay. Yeah. Would beheading Scott Frost as your sex dream? I gotta tell you, you would look terrible in Nebraska gear. Like Thank in Nebraska you. coaching gear, it hang would not on, be flattering on. on you at all. What if they're overalls like the mascot? Ooh. See? Mm-hmm. All right. On. All Come right. On. And a little oh, dang. Uh, have not we little, been doing but... this all wrong, insisting that coaches dress like baseball managers dress? Hmm. Dressing like the mascots co- instead? I'm just thinking it could prov- we could all these weird towel lip reading strategies could be prevented by having the coach wear mascot heads. Thank this- you for putting Josh Heupel in the like buckskin <laughs> musket. Listen, That's right? It's breathable. Gus Malzahn on a golden horse. <laughs> <laughs> this is also making me realize Mel- how Mel Tucker would just have to dress the way he dresses every day. <laughs> he would, yeah. Just put a breastplate this- over it. This Replacing is also the shorts me realize- with the skirt. It's really fucked up that um, Florida's like, you know, an alligator would wear a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) They would because they're cold. Because they're cold. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. No, it doesn't. That poor thing. It's not how Charlotte works at all. That's so Florida. I went to Florida. What's so dreadful about things? (laughs) Looking at that animal and thinking, gosh, it looks so cold. It's Florida in a couple of different ways. Because on, on one hand, that, but on the other hand, it's so fucking Yankee-fied to put a lizard in a varsity sweater. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah. what snowboard asshole came up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Is, He's so going like, to be around loud noises and wearing all, a sweater. All those mascots, are, you know, all the, like, sweater and sailor hat logos are super, super old. So, like, yeah, th- there had to be a um, juxtaposition, you know, for, for many decades where, like, people in Texas and Louisiana are, like, Gosh, our mascot looks sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't invented air conditioning yet. Anyway, here's the sweatered alligator. (laughs) 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 Disgusting. (laughs) I'm so clammy. Shut up. He's Clarence. He's trying to make weight for high school wrestling. (laughs) Can you imagine how bad that flyweight? How bad that LSU tiger smelled in its wool oh, sweater and <laughs> sailor hat. <laughs> See, that this makes... is actually why they invented mascot pairs and why some schools have like junior mascots or lady mascots. It's yeah. not for equality. It's in case one dies on the sideline during the game. <laughs> for Just some purposes. Some lady showing up in 1932 in Baton Rouge being like, I needed a sweater. Put it on the tag. <laughs> you know that's what happened. That's oh. totally what happened. I made oh, it. I'm so. look. They're like, well, you can't be rude to the lady. Why don't you put the sweater on the tiger? Rude. Can't be rude to Miss Ernestine. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Beverly knitted the tiger. It's absolutely a Beverly. You're right. It would be rude. <laughs> I know, Beverly at no point is like, how fucking insane is that lady that she did a sweater <laughs> for a tiger? No, we reverse the entire structure of the universe pro- so we don't have to call her nuts. It's probably also like, we, we can't let you, you've Mike, just broken the 42nd into a lot of shirtless in the presence <laughs> of a lady. His nipples are horrendous. <laughs> oh, God. They'll make nope. her flustered. You understand that means it's a lady tiger. I don't care. Go well, in that case, I can't be in, in the presence of a shirtless lady. She should be home. I can't even family. be in a business meeting with this lady. I'm breaking the Billy Graham tiger rule right now. 